Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. It's time for this week's Wrestling Perspective podcast. We have no guests because we want to clean out the emails. Lars got mad at me. He said, hey, asshole, stop being behind. Let's do a show. Fuck a guest this week. I said, yes, sir. So everybody, you can thank Lars, not me, because I was like, let's get anybody. He's like, fuck no, this is a people's show tonight. So, Well, you know, we get inundated with emails, which we love. And sometimes by the time that we get to them, it's like a past tense scenario. Right. And I think with the emails, we have to be as current as possible. So I figured, hey, this is not going to be the first time that we've ever done this, but or excuse me, the only time that we're ever going to do this, because who knows? Because, we, you know, as the show has gotten bigger and there's been more listeners, thank you very much, all of you. um, We get more emails and because there's more always things to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of fun for us, too. Like, yeah, we get to talk about our opinions instead of asking someone about theirs. Yeah. And remember, we are not bookers or wannabe bookers. These are just opinions. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, wrestlingperspective at gmail.com. Email us there. Our DMs are open on all the social medias. The, the show DMs are. So, go into those. You can send us one if you don't want to email us or reply to a tweet. It gets logged into a catalog. And... uh We'll get it on the air. We promise. Yes. Let's just knock them out one by okay. one. Pete from okay. Tampa, describe these three wrestlers with one word. We'll go one by one. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Roman Reigns. Boring. Wow. Champion. I mean, that's would be mine. Danhausen. Underrated. Oh. 
Good. But yes, absolutely underrated. Underrated. Yep. And John Moxley, boring. <sighs> next. Okay. No, that is one word. Next. Amanda, uh, I love all your Impact Wrestling interviews. Do you think most of the Impact Wrestling talent are generally happy to be with Impact? Or do you think that they're looking at that as a launching point to another company? That's a great question because, you know, how many times did I ask that question? A lot. And in, you in know the they're past. not going to tell us the truth. Yeah, but I feel like something with that company switched. I used to ask that question a lot a few years ago. A lot. Because, I mean, we were talking about, you know, it was still kind of that system before AEW really had like a, a real big foothold on it. I mean, it was there. It was an option. But there was the, you know, I, I think there was more like a, a in-pandemic question, right? Because I think you used to look at, at Impact or, you know, when it was TNA or, you know, ROH or some of these companies, you kind of looked at them as... Uh, sort of stepping stone companies. Am I correct? Yeah, 100%. I think now that Impact is such a legit player and can be a legit contender for the best wrestling show on TV. And I don't think that like uh, they, th I, see, I honestly think that the wrestlers there are truly happy to be there. I really honestly believe that. I don't think it's a stepping stone for some of these guys. I, you know what? I think it's a stepping stone for the big people that show up and sign the one-year contracts. Like, I'm assuming, like, uh, you know, uh, Naomi, you know, uh, for me, I would view that as a stepping stone for her. Or a lot of people will maybe look at it as a redemption period of, you know, uh, maybe they didn't get over or they were not uh, where they want to be in a different company. So they go to Impact, rehab their image but you've got guys like cody diener who's come up through that system I, I couldn't see him leaving sammy callahan who's been everywhere but has made it a point and said a million times i i take less money to stay at impact and impact has shown over the years especially during the pandemic like you said when all these companies were laying off they were hiring yeah and i think that impact for me is the rest best wrestling show on tv easily with the best storylines or the most, and I should say the most, the most consistent storylines. And they're not hard to believe or get emotionally in, in, you know, like attached to or involved with like, you know, that suspension of disbelief is still in that company for me, you know, in a lot of ways. And I think they have a variety for everyone. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, you know, here's the thing. It's like, I feel like a lot of the bigger wrestlers who come back to impact, that's where they actually learn how to wrestle. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, for instance, like you said, you know, I feel like they come back, but you, now you're really learning how, how this, how you're supposed to do it, you know? And impact has done it right where you, I, I think this is where AEW could take a page out of impacts book where you have to build your own stars. Uh, right. And that's what impact does. You know, New Japan does the same thing and does it well, but you build your own stars. And then sometimes you in, in inject other talent into the company to raise the portfolio eh, of everybody else. Portfolio. But you got to build homegrown talent for people to care about. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, this comes from Matthew. He's got a couple questions here. Do you think the NXT should bring back bring back the Heritage Cup matches? 
I think that would be a good idea. I love shit like that. So yeah. yes, uh, I agree. Uh, I I wish it, NXT would go back to the black and gold days before it went to NXT 2.0, where Vince wanted to screw over you know Triple H. Uh, I I just think NXT has ever since they did that rebrand and then tried to go back, it just lost a step for me. Anyways, so I'd like to see him go back to that stuff that brought people to to watch that show well i think that anytime that you take a step backwards you're always going to trip up along the way and it's the hardest one of the hardest things to do is to try to recreate something and recreate the energy around something you know and i and i do and believe that like at the time nxt changed that it was it was a little bit um unsettling you know as a viewer, um, but I will say I'm kind of glad it did happen because it, it needed a fresh look. Yep. And I think, you know, what they're doing now um, is is it, they're they're creating stars down there, and I think the cream is allowed to rise down there, you know. And I think some will fall by the wayside, but they at least get that get their opportunity to be on TV or whatever. So, I think it's doing more good than harm. Uh, I like change to in a lot of ways, you know, when it comes to pro wrestling, maybe not at that time, but sometimes three, four months down the line, you get a different perspective. I like change for the good. That did not feel like change. Like we're not dumb wrestling fans. We know what spiteful change is. And, you know, when I think a lot of people were like, screw you, I'm not going back Vince McMahon. And then, you know, Vince is out and now, you know, uh, they they have a task of having to rebrand and rebuild a, a fan and viewership, and still they have to compete with their own company for eyes. Yeah, it's a little bit difficult, challenging situation for them. But I feel like, you know, a lot of the wrestlers, the good ones, you know, the the ones that really shine down there are no longer with the company, and they have to rebuild guys, and. Um, in gals so i think that they will i mean you know i never count out wrestling at all you know i just you, don't you, you never know what's gonna stick and what's gonna rise the top i mean yeah. there were several years where you know during the four major wwe pay-per-views everybody was like the nxc takeovers were the best pay-per-views that whole weekend so i can't wait to get back to that time because you know when nxt did it right nobody could touch them nobody but they need to get back to that, I think. Well, I think they're working their way. And I think that people got to give them a little time. I mean, you know, Rome isn't built in a day. And I think, you know, part of the part of the problem with wrestling is the culture that surrounds it. And I feel like what I mean by the culture is the fan and the, and the fan, the fan. You know, it's not when you when entertainment is not like going into a 7-Eleven and getting a chili cheese dog at 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like there it's not as convenient as that and i feel like when not that i'm going into 7-eleven to 3 a.m to buy chili cheese dogs you know it's funny I'm, because that's one of the questions later about food Ooh. well i mean but my point is is that you gotta give people time and unfortunately like the learning curve is broadcasted live mm -hmm. so you know so you gotta be patient uh, Matthew also wants to know what AEW stars would you like to see in the G1 this year? Hmm. 
I, I, I want to see, a you know, what Dark and Evolution or whatever they call it now, they have a lot of young talent that will never rise to the main roster because it's so packed full of stars mm. that, you know, uh, that there's actually are. there's actually more impact stars that I'd rather see in the G1 than I kind than of agree. Than, than Mike a. Bailey would be number one on my list, I think. 100%. Um, I mean, oh, Jesus, there's so many really good ones out there i i kind of wish they would go you know see that's the thing the guys that i would pick to go in there are not really in AEW. so yeah well what give me a couple impact stars if you have any or someone from uh, probably you know what i would like to see i would like to see you know i honestly i'd like to see trey miguel get in there i mean yeah you know i just think that it would just be such a a different contrast you know you know what i mean like i'm thinking about it like that uh i would love to see uh, you know what there's maybe an a a aew guy i mean why not darby allen you know that's definitely I, a different I, contrast you know uh why not uh but i'm trying to think like who else is there i would maybe uh oh shit uh yeah what's the fuck his name uh jesus christ come on he was just a guest i can't believe i'm blanking on his name right now just either way while you think of it i will say this i don't want to see major stars in the g1 i want to see these young up-and-coming guys where i have to go who is that guy you know uh darby would be that right there on the edge where he's a big enough guy and a different style that i go that's awesome a mike bailey would be something like that as well but you know don't not a john moxley or something dumb like that those guys don't deserve to be in those titles because they've already made their names in their bones and for me the g1 is is to make a name for yourself yeah i mean i i kind of wish that like a brody king you know not just because i'm wearing his t-shirt today but I mean, we're talking about like a guy who can actually wrestle. Right. And he's a good wrestler and he, he's got a good mind around it. And like, and even though he's a giant dude, like still, like, I think that would be exciting. Could imagine, you know, I mean, there's so many exciting things you can do, you know. Josh from Detroit, it was good seeing you, Dennis, at the AEW show. Thank you so much for stopping, taking a picture and talking to me for so long. I'm just shocked people know who I am sometimes. Like... Uh, you know, is, I'll ask you this, and this is the reason why I asked this, but is there ever a place you go to? Cause look, you're, you're, you're Lars, but is there ever a place you go to? Someone goes, Lars Fredrickson. And you go, oh, I'm shocked. Someone would know me here. You know? Yes. But it's, it's, it's a different thing in the last kind of couple of years for me. I feel like it's, it's changed a lot and the places that I do get recognized, um, it's everywhere so it there's not like a there's not like a time it's just you know i no. i mean i don't want to at, at the risk of sounding like a fucking conceited prick no there's not really a a place anymore All right. there used to be 20 years ago sure but like like whole foods like you're shopping and someone comes up and you're like whoa uh i mean that happens so it's like you know, I was shocked anyone recognized me. There's another question later about it that you're going to. I mean, when you've been in a when you've been in a band for, I mean, literally 30 years, you know, and you've been pretty much consistent in that band for 30 years, and you know, people are going to know because I mean, you've crossed generations, you know. So it's like 
there has been fathers who brought their sons who now that those sons bring their sons and you know so it's like you know a rancid show you can find three generations of family there you know that's kind of what we are as a band in a lot of ways well paul from minnesota wants to know lars have you ever had a wrestler on stage with you during one of your concerts yes and uh if you could have one who would it be we did we had vampiro came and uh there was this uh um a company in incredibly strange wrestling that was in san francisco and they came out on the warp tour and it was it was uh they they vampiro there was a, a nazi skinhead character that uh interrupted like it was all we knew it was going to go on but he was like a wrestler but he played a nazi skinhead and he came out and interrupted our show and then vampiro came out and we set up a table for him and he put the dude through the table so yes that was in canada that was in canada somewhere i think it was in montreal or toronto is there one wrestler you wish that you could have on stage with you no i mean i think all the guys that i mean punk's been up there mvp's been up there um you know, a lot of guys, Darby, I remember, I remember I was out, we were playing in Chicago and, and, and at the riot fest and here comes Darby Allen over the pit. I'm like, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, you know, wrestlers are music fans too. I mean, I've had, you know, guy, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but there's not one in particular, I would say, you know? Maggie says, recently I started going to uh, independent wrestling shows. What was the best independent wrestling show you've been to? And what's the worst independent show you've ever been to? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Holy sure we had some worsts. Yeah, I mean, there was, I, I can't say, I, I the one that I was the most frightened. How about that? Yes. <laughs> uh, Marietta, Georgia, and NWA, where I saw AJ Styles against Air Paris and uh smart bart sawyer and that was like uh excuse me being in a different country uh you know i try i need to get better at going to independent shows here but there are a handful that i really do like to go to you know uh i'm sure we'll name drop them a little bit later in the show because we've got a, this question like three or four different times so i'm trying to wrap them all into one you know uh independent wrestling here in michigan is actually really good pd and i before he got hired at uh, wwe we were invited because like one of my old high school buddies is a, a deathmatch wrestler named insane lane and he had a show here in michigan so pd and i were like yeah we'll go and it was in a backyard of someone's house so we go up and uh you know pd has this thing where he looks at me and then i name drop pete's name sometimes when he doesn't want to pay for a show so we come up and the guy's like 10 bucks. I go, do you know who this guy is? He goes, no. I go, that's a PD Williams, the Canadian destroyer. He goes, oh, Pete, oh, come on in. So we go into this guy's backyard and it actually turned out to be a really good show. Like I was, I sat there, I watched it. I was like legitimately shocked because I've never been to a backyard show before and blew my mind. So that moment stopped me from going, ah, that sounds like a crappy show. I'm not going to go. Now I have this open mind where I'm like, Anything can be good. Anything can be bad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things I would say. I've never, I don't think I feel like I've ever been at a bad independent show. It's like, for me, I'm a wrestling fan. And I know that part of getting your stripes is doing it at that level. So if you're still working it out, 
but you're fucking up, you should get heckled, you know, or whatever. I don't know. No, maybe not. But um, there's so much great independent wrestling in California. West Coast Pro comes to mind just right off the top of my head. Uh, Hood Slam has always put put on an amazing show. Um, I mean, big time wrestling, uh, APW, like we've, we've, we've been blessed in the Bay Area to have a lot of great independent wrestling. Uh, Revolution Pro which is more of a, a, a lucha company, um, you know, guys like Dragon Lee, you know, obviously used to wrestle there and um, Penta and, you know, these guys would come and do those shows. So, you know, I don't really say that there's that I, I, it's, I, I, I can't really say that I've ever gone to a wrestling show and thought I've never come here. I never should have come here. Like, I saw Yoko, one of Yokozuna's, I think his very last match before he was flying to England at the San Jose flea market. You know what I mean? And literally he flew to England like the next day because we talked to him and like 48 hours he, he, was pa he passed, right? So it's like, um, you know, I remember these things. So it's, I don't really think that there's a bad independent show to be brutally honest. I actually prefer like what you're talking about going into somebody's backyard and watching it then the big arenas let's just be honest i i do too actually you know uh going to a big show uh and we'll probably talk a little bit about my experience at the AEW show a little bit later but uh rob says uh dennis thanks for talking to me at the AEW show uh do you want to talk on the podcast or talk to lars about what we talked about to see if lars would agree or disagree with you so me and this guy had a conversation yes and this the, I don't know if this is the old man in me, but for me, one of the pet peeves is people bringing wrestling belts to a wrestling show, right? Like to me, it's almost like being 40 years old and being a, bringing a baseball glove to a baseball game. Like be a man, catch the ball with your hands. But like, if you go to a wrestling show with a wrestling belt, okay, I might let it pass if you have an AEW belt at an AEW show, whatever. You spend 400 bucks, maybe you want to show it off. But if you're bringing an Intercontinental Championship belt to a AEW show, like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I totally disagree with you. I think that, um, you know, being a 51-year-old man, if I want to bring my baseball glove to a baseball game to catch a foul ball, that's what I'm going to fucking do because my hands <laughs> make money, baby. So, yours do, mine don't. Right. Um, yours do a lot of that. But yeah, anyway. Way um, too much. No, no, no. But honestly, like if you're a fan and that's the way you want to express, I mean, I have the IC belt there, right? So it's like, you know, am I going to wear that to a show? No. But uh, that's just because I don't want to carry it around. But if you've got that much conviction and that much drive and that much, um, you know, courage to want to express yourself like that, I say fucking go for it. Because that's just, you're showing me that you fucking love it. And it's not like everybody's doing it. And it's a certain kind of fan that really does it. And uh, that's part of the, 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 that's like, it's like a living comic book for them. They're, they're touching that part of that wrestler or whatever it is. So um, to me, I, I say, enjoy your, ex express yourself. I, I, that's a good point of view. I like it. Uh, I will say, I wish I saw more cosplay at wrestling shows on the flip side of that, where, you know, there were a bunch of people dressed up as Darby or, or, you know, orange Cassidy. I'm like, boy, if, 
if people really got into dressing up as their favorite wrestlers and going to shows, that would take, I think, the industry to the next level. Well, I think a lot of people do. I've every wrestling show I go to, there's at least one person. Oh yeah, you know, there that's got a belt or doing some sort of cosplay, which I believe the belt is. You know, I think that's just part of it. You know, the trip. It's like wearing your favorite Spider-Man shirt or whatever. Um, you know, so you know, and in a world of attention seekers and people who want a trophy just for showing up, these guys are actually earning it. You know, they're walking with a 15 pound, 20 pound belt sometimes for a whole three hour show or whatever it is. And they got, I mean, it's respect, you know, it's better than being on the internet and saying, look at me, change the rules for me because I'm so different. Sean, Sean wants to know what happened to GCW. They seem so hot. Now it's like a very cold promotion. Yeah. I've noticed that too. I, it was one of the best wrestling shows that I that was going on. I would sit and sing their praises. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's, it's, uh, you know, I, we, I feel like, um, that's a tough question. It seems like it's been about a year since I've really cared about them. Like I made it a point to watch their pay-per-views or watch their shows. I, you know, when they come to town, I'd give them my money and buy a shirt. Now it's just like, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know what the problem is. I don't, it just seems like they've lost something and I don't know what it is. You know, I, I don't know what it is either. Um, and I, but I feel like my attention to their shows um i feel like i just there's some guys that i'm just not emotionally invested in anymore you know and i feel like there was some guys that just are there too much you know mm -hmm. so I, it's hard it's tough i don't know why it just something happened there was like a point where i was like ah you know yeah and I tried to get through it and I was like, you know what? I'm just not invested. And, uh, but I, but I'm periodically like that. So. All right. Do you, do you think it just take you to watch it again out of nowhere for you to be invested again? Or is it just something like, I don't there really, need, there needs to be a match. There needs okay. to be some kind of like, I love their death match events. Like that's something that I'm always going to tune into. Um, I just think that, that, that a lot of their shows sort of i feel like there was a lot of variety in their shows and then all of a sudden it became there wasn't that much variety it became like an aew show where there was too many shows with too many high spots not enough real wrestling like old school kind of wrestling there was the, the way it would they, their shows were paced uh i thought you know some of the matches can kind of be too long too you know so I don't know. I mean, but that's just me. And that's just my opinion. I, it's, it was hard. It's hard. I, I totally agree. For me, it just seemed like for the longest time, it was the same show, but with a different name week after week after week. And uh, I think what made them awesome early was the variety they used to have in talent. I mean, in, in, yeah. Like you said, they were bringing in talent. Like when John Moxley showed up, whether we like John Moxley or not, that was kind of a big deal. Well, because John Moxie fits that. Like when I think John Moxie, 
you know, the, the, my favorite parts about his career are those, are those things, you know, I remember his GCW matches more than I remember his AEW matches. Absolutely. And, or, and for the right reasons, the reasons why you should remember a match, not the reasons why you shouldn't. Does that make sense? Yes, well, absolutely. It was a different, it would fit him perfect. I would, you know, for any wrestling company, I'd love to fly the flag for. It's just, that's just because I'm a wrestling fan, you know? And I, I'm sure GCW will figure it out. And it's sometimes those growing pains. I mean, they really went like this. And sometimes when you go like this, there's only one way to go. And it's like this. Yep. And it happens to everybody. It's happened to in everybody's career. There has been a valley, you know. And it's not even a fair valley. It's just like you were up here for so long. There's just like you said, but it's not like you're going down, but that's just how it's perceived. But you're still kind of going neutral, you know, laterally. you have to level off. You yeah. have to level off. But, but and the key thing I feel is like sometimes you can grow too fast that I mean, you see it within bands like one, you know, I'm not calling GCW a one hit wonder by any means, but I'm just saying uh, they need to just regroup. Every company goes through this. The ones that survive regroup and rebrand. Now, it's not, they don't even really need to do a rebrand. They just need to do a regrouping. Mm -hmm. uh, Tackett from Iowa wants to know, what is the perfect amount of championship belts for a wrestling promotion? I'm starting to feel like AEW is going overboard. WWE has too many uh, belts that keep me interested. And it seems like whatever division that these belts are in are watered down. Mm -hmm. Like, like AEW does not need a trios championship. There's not enough trios to make it relevant. You're going to have the same three guys fight up over a belt for a year and nobody's going to care. Uh, that's give me uh, one champion for, for all of, all of a industry for raw SmackDown, AEW for, you know, whatever I want one champion one tag team champion, give me an Intercontinental Championship, make the Intercontinental Belt or whatever company's version of that the number one contender to give it some meaning. Go back a little bit old school. Give me a women's champion, women's tag team. Make it feel special because when there's a North American, South American, a trios, it, it just when you have nine belts, it does. I don't care about them. Well, you know, I see, so I see AEW trying to do what the NWA used to do and, and, but there was also different belts because that would, they were coming from different territories. Right. So, um, it's a tough one for me because there was a point, you know, where I felt like in the eighties, the NWA had too many belts, but cause it was really hard to kind of keep track. It's like, it's like, you know, all the cups that European soccer clubs play. It's like, you have to be watching, I feel like for, you know, at least with soccer, you have to be watching for pretty consistently for a year, year and a half to understand how it all works, right? So know how the FA Cup works or the Euro, you know, like you figure it out, right? Um, you shouldn't have to do that in wrestling. But I also think that AEW could pull all of this off if they actually had fucking storylines. Yep. I mean, let's just be honest. It's like, I don't really want to see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against Penta and, you know, God knows who. It's like, you know, 
build more stables if you want to have these things, but then make these things make sense. Like when the House of Black got it, I was like, that makes fucking sense. Does that make, you know? Yeah. And then you could always have like Dak and Dax and, and Cash with, you know, whoever it is, or Billy Gunn and the acclaimed, like they could win the trios. Like there's there there are opportunities, I think, there, but like, but then they have to be like these, you know, committed stories. You know, it, it, it's if you want to make a belt a big deal, there has to be a, a believable storyline and a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then something to set it up again. You know, and if one, and, and if one guy is doing everything, something will get lost. I think we're AEW dropped the ball, and it kind of ties into this thing is. You know, the Forbidden Door was a great concept. I didn't, and we've talked many times to different talents about how it wasn't equal Forbidden Door. You know, they'd send their talent out, but wouldn't let many others' talent on TV. And if they did, they wouldn't be successful. I think with bringing less belts, but let other companies bring their belts into your company for a short time, you know, and, and make it feel special. And then it goes away. Maybe it comes back like a trios. Bring triple a trios on and not, i don't want to see aew but i'd like to see aew talent versus a triple a talent for the triple a belts and maybe they win maybe they lose they hold on to it they lose it it goes away then it comes back that way it feels like you still have that belt but you don't and it's not watered down yeah i you know i mean it's it's tough I, i'm not a booker i don't really know how to do this stuff but like all i want is if you want me to emotionally invest into something then then tell me a fucking story. Uh, Abraham wants to know if this is truly the end of Randy Orton's career, how do you think it will be remembered? Because there's that report that came out that his doctors are advising him not to wrestle. Yeah. I mean, you know, the proof is always in the pudding. You know, Shawn Michaels came back, right? So he was never supposed Ed, to wrestle. Ed, Shawn Michaels, every, every, everybody kind of does. So, you know, whether or not it's his swan song and whether or not he never ever wrestles in, in the wrestling ring again. For me personally, I never liked the guy. I never was a fan. I never, I never saw, I understand that he's like a 15th generation wrestler. I get all that, but like, didn't never give really cared. You know what? This is actually where we agree. I was never a Randy Orton guy. I thought great, talented, uh, when he was young, I always thought he was too young to to be where he was, but he did a good. I never really cared that much about him. I, I did like him during the uh, rated RKO days. I thought that was a great tag team idea. I, I really enjoyed that. But outside of that, I just thought, all right, it's Randy Orton, you know, cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I he was always sort of bland. Yep. He was, you know, that... He just, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure he's a nice person and I don't want to like take his inventory, but you know, just his kind of douchey tattoos just made me kind of think he was a douche. <laughs> you uh, know? Yep. Yep. Trayvon from Oakland. Um, why do you think crossovers work so well with wrestling and everything else in the nineties, but not so much with today's wrestling? What, what does he mean by crossovers? I, I'm going to guess maybe like TV or movies, like having wrestlers pop on oh. there, but, or, you know, something that's like actually, that. That's actually, that's actually a pretty good question. And I think it would be, it's a very good place to argue. <laughs> um, 
crossovers, meaning, you know, rest uh, in TVs and movies. I mean, I don't see how it doesn't work. I I agree. I mean, you don't see I, it. I'm curious to hear what he's what what he's really trying to to say. Right. Number one, because he's from Oakland. Um, what up? You're you're 15. You're that way to me. You know, you're right over there. You're 20 minutes from me, probably. 25 tops on a on a Sunday, no traffic on the bridge. Uh, so Bay Love. Um, I don't know. I think I think a lot of guys have made the crossover. You know, obviously the Rock is the biggest actor on the face of planet earth you know does he deserve it i don't know but when you roll him into the 90s kind of and not so much with today's wrestlers maybe john cena would be today's oh i see maybe what he's saying is there's no crossover from the modern wrestling that's what i think okay 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 that is a good question well i'll tell you why i think i might know the answer to that um because there's not enough i don't think that there's talented enough people to do that i you know what i was gonna say larger than life characters because i feel like you have to break through a wall in wrestling in order to make that crossover and there's nobody in wrestling today that i feel like has broken that that you know, glass ceiling, like, look, Roman Reigns, yeah. whatever you say about him, he's not a charismatic character where I want to go. I want to see him in a movie. I don't care if I see him in a movie or a TV show, but I don't care if I see him on TV. <laughs> see, but like, I honestly think that, you know, I'm, and I'm, he, I, he, I'm sure he's a nice human being. I bet you he's, I'm, I bet you he's, and I always heard how he's a class guy, right? But as a performer, he does nothing for me, right? That's besides the point. But you're right. There's no guys <laughs> that break that mold. It's And it won't be Cody. It won't be Sammy. No. It won't be uh, Liv Morgan or whatever. Uh, it won't be, you know. Any of them. No. There's no one that feels larger than, look, in the Attitude Era, Stone Cold and The Rock were larger than life. Right. They transcended the industry. There's not right. one talent that I could look and go, that guy's going to transcend the industry. Not one. There's not one guy or gal. No, nope. honestly. Um, I feel like because they're not really made to or set up to be that. And I think honestly, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's not the, I feel like it's, and it's a different generation. It's a totally different generation with different values, different moral compasses, different ways to look at the world. I just don't think that there's grit anymore. And that's what I feel like it takes to put you over the edge. When you think about Stone Cold, you think about grit. When you think about The Rock, you think about grit. When you think about John Cena, there's some grit there. You can feel it from, you know, these are the guys that we're talking about. When you look at the modern landscape of wrestling, it's mostly the older generation who's still wrestling that has any fucking grit. Yeah. You know, maybe the argument could be MJF. Maybe so. But I feel like he still needs to mature and age a little bit before I can really... He's a great heel. I mean, he's an unbelievable talent, but like, 
is there that grit? Is there that thing? In wrestling, yes. But to transcend wrestling, I don't think so. Do you remember a couple of years ago when McMahon kind of came out and said, we're not going to build our wrestlers to be stars outside of wrestling? Do you- well, I, I think he did that purposely. Yes, and I think that's what shot him in the foot. You know, I look at wrestling almost like I look at a college football program, right? You will send your kid to, you know, Miami or wherever because you know he'll be a star and he'll make it to the next level. People want to go into wrestling because they know they'll make it to the top, become a star, and then there's something afterwards. Like if I owned a wrestling company and I was losing wrestlers to be movie stars, I would be mad at it because I'm creating an aftermarket for my guys and the reason for these guys to come in and stay with me. When McMahon came out and said that, I was like, what do you – all right, so you have to replace the rock, but that makes you you keep in a – a, a rotisserie of people you may not normally get to come in to be those next guys. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, those guys were set up in a certain way, but then had to take the ball and run with it. You know, so I can't really say it was Vince McMahon. To, I can't give him all that power, but I will say that the wrestlers that he has, when they show too much personality, they're immediately put at the bottom of the card. Mm-hmm. And that's how he hurts them. Mark you know? Mark wants to know uh, or says, it's starting to piss me off how how important and protected wrestlers or referees are in wrestling nowadays. I want to go back to the age where they were just background and didn't have personalities. Well, I mean, there were personalities in wrestling throughout the history of wrestling. So... But not uh, to the point where we cared. Like, I think AEW has put too much importance on their wrestlers or have wrestlers with personality. I mean, I think the first time I ever cared about a referee was when, uh, what was uh, the Earl Hebner and then his brother doing the switch? Dave. Yeah, that was maybe the first and last time I ever cared about a referee. I mean, we've had heel referees like Danny Davis, let's remember. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, in, in AAA, there's obviously the the Rudos, the Technicos, and the Rudos. Right? Yeah. You know. So I mean, they play a big part in it, you know, to a certain degree. Um, and in lucha, but uh, so I feel like you know, there's precedent there for referees to have personalities to have these things. So, I mean, wasn't it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Slick a referee at one point? Slick and uh, didn't. Oh, who's um, the tag you know, team Matt from SmackDown. He was a referee for a short right, time. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think I think the referees are just as much a part of the match. What pisses me off is when the referees don't do their jobs. That's what I, so, I mean, yeah. Well, Emmanuel says, if for whatever reason, WWE got off their asses and figured out to make Shinsuke Nakamura a champion, do you think WWE could have a New Japan feel with him as the head of the company? No, no, no. He's not He's not that guy. He's, no. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I totally am a fan. You know, I get it. But, like, he'll never be that guy. You know, it's just not going to translate. I think that in an AEW or an impact, that would make sense. But the WWE is something I feel like it's, 
it's not one of those companies that's going to change that trajectory of where they're going. You know, if he wins the championship, it would never be to take him and bring it to another level. It'll be like a placeholder champion. It would never be like, you know, let's going to give this guy a good, honest to goodness, you know, crack it, making something of it. I agree. Unfortunate, unfortunately. But like in the, because it's not, it's that, it's not, it's sports entertainment. You know, he's a fucking wrestler, you know? So it's like, I mean, of course, in my wildest dreams, would I love to see that? Fuck yeah. But that's, you know, for, for, for guys like me, that's a great thing. But for the, the average fan who's going to tune into the, he will not bring more eyes to the company. That's the way that they look at. Wrestling fans don't like WWE, like the real wrestling fan that I think WWE used to entertainment, not wrestling fan. So yeah. Well, you have, as a fan, you have to go in there knowing that you're going to be watching this form of entertainment. Right. On, under the pro wrestling banner. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. W for me. And I think we've said this before. I I think we know enough guys to say people go to WWE for the paycheck, the security, and then when they're not with it to build up their indie prices. One hundred percent. Yeah, W. It used to be like going to major leagues, but now there's so much great wrestling and wrestling promotions. People are just going there for the money. Yeah, I, and it's I like most, it, and it comes back to that Randy Orton question. I mean, he's never been anywhere else. He's never had a chance to shine or do something different. It's been the same formula from day one. So there was never anywhere for him to go. It it, like he grew to a certain level and that's where he stayed. And honestly, he's so stagnant to me that like to remember his career, I would say, at the end of the day, a one trick pony because you never saw him in any other, you never, he, I think he would have been the potential for his greatness was stifled because he stayed in one company. Bobby from Macon, Georgia. I'm not a fan of women's wrestling at all. And I think it's due to the lack of storytelling from creative and in-depth rosters to make it feel like there's importance to it. Do you guys agree? Um, yes and no. Like, I do love women's women's wrestling. I will say that Charlotte, um, what's her nuts? What's her name? Fuck, I always forget her name. The WrestleMania Charlotte. match. Charlotte, who is she just wrestling? Yeah, wrestling? Thank you. There's so many of them, you know, wrestlers out there. My mind just goes, whoa, and then it trips at times. That was one of the greatest wrestling matches I had ever seen. Straight up. The women that I, if you want to watch, if you, my mind changed on women's wrestling when I started watching what was then TNA um, because they actually gave them a chance to shine. I think uh, I was, I, I thought, I thought uh, like um, Lita in the WWE at the time was the best technical wrestler that they ever had. Um, uh, what's her name? Trish Stratus just, dog shit but uh that was just my opinion um, i agree never i if anything i i mean you think about a lunder blaze you know medusa that's a wrestler you know um 
Impact Wrestling, the women's division, keeps me engaged. I enjoy their division. AEW, there's there's a few girls there. Thunder Rosa. Uh, I Ruby. just keep thinking. Ruby, of course. Uh, I don't really think that there's... Uh, I think there's a lot of women who get elevated before they, before they really, um, because they need to fill that area or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's to their detriment. I think some a lot of these girls aren't ready. Um, that but that's just me being a fan watching wrestling for about 30, 40 years. But like, excuse me, more on the forty years. But you know, what I'm saying it's like. You know, it's like when I watch a band, right? Like if I'm going to go in a band, I'm going to go, these guys are going to have their chops in three or four years. And like I watched grade two, for instance, from the from when they came to play with the Ulfram Casuals back in 2010, 11 to who they are now. It's a completely different band, right? <clears throat> Would they Were they dog shit at the beginning? No, but there was something there. But they needed to be, have different experiences to, in order to to grow into what they are now, which is a great fucking live band that will probably be opening up for them one day. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when I watch some of, I can see that talent uh, with the women's divisions. Not everybody's going to be a Mickey James. Not everybody's going to be a Deanna Perrazzo. Not everybody's going to be a Jordan Grace. But I mean, just those three women who are all in the same company, you could have matches between those three for the next 10 years and still be entertained. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, but there's much that, but that then you we're talking about so many more in the impact in that world. Right now with the WWE, there's maybe two girls that I really feel like I can get behind, you know, uh, Shayna Baszler is another one that I think, you know, uh, you know, Oscar, I mean, I wish she would just go back to originally what she came in to do and not this dancey fucking whatever. Ah, it just sucks. Like, let her be. That's, that's I think, the part of the problem. The NXT Asuka that had the undefeated streak. Boom. That's what I want to see. Uh, uh, that's what's going to make me believe, you know? That's the thing. It's like, I feel like there's not, It's I don't necessarily know if there's a lack of, of I think there's... Uh, I think there's people that are up there way too soon. I wouldn't say it's a, I think there are some that I won't mention that just are just not talented at all. But, and I think that there's some that are super overrated. Like I think Britt Baker is really overrated as a single, like she needed the Thunder Rosa, mm -hmm. you know, she needed that, that girl that was that, 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 that chemistry. Made both look good. Yes. And that's what you need. So if you don't have that, it's never going to work. You know, I'm all for, you know, people getting a shot. I'm all for that, but it's like, just to give them a shot, just to give them a shot. It's like, people got to be ready for that. You know, and I that's think the for guys. I think for guys, our age, we were ruined for women's wrestling during the attitude era when it was TNA stuff, you know, there wasn't any actual wrestling. They were just ripping each other's clothes off and, Quite frankly, if you know you, that's when you went pee or got your food or, or moved on. Let's be honest with ourselves here, guys. And and now that women's wrestling is the best wrestling we've ever seen out of women in, in history, hands down, more talented. 
And then they tried to shove all these old girls back down our throats. Like, look, she was super talented back in the day. Like, Trish Stratus was not oh. talented. Like, stop trying to rewrite history with, with how you guys booked her. And I think for the older guys, that is their problem is they still remember, all right, you know, WrestleMania 17, I went to the bathroom when Trish Stratus was wrestling. That's how I'm going to do it now still. Yeah, I mean, back then during the Attitude Era, that was just, it was, well, I was like, oh, here comes the meathead segment, you know? Oh, my <laughs> God, look at her tits. You know, like, right. you know, that was the, that was the response 99% of the time. And I used to call it the meathead segment. Yeah. Because you just, you just knew what you were going to get. It was just going to be this, like, Jerry Springer-esque segment, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, for me, I, 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 you know, I fell in love in, with wrestling because it was like, a, it was like, it was like an art form <laughs> in a weird way. But Masha Slamovich is a fucking incredible wrestler. Like there are so many great ones there. Uh, you know, it just, I, I feel like impact wrestling. If you want, if you want to change your mind to the, to the emailer, what was his name again? Uh, Bobby from Macon. Bobby from Macon. Watch Impact Wrestling. I guarantee you, you will see. And I'm talking about those four women, and there's a bunch more. I'm I'm telling you right now, there's a bunch more. Uh, that's real women's wrestling in that company. These girls are allowed to to shine, really shine, and. Mickey James will go down as one of the greatest in the world. She was, she's, even though she might not have had the Trish Stratus uh, boob job thing happening at the time, as far as wrestlers go, she will be remembered as one of the greatest. And I think Jordan Grace will be too. I think Masha Slamovich will be too. In the annals of history, impact wrestlers, women's wrestling will be, you know, the the hall of fame you know what i'm saying yeah i'm i'm sure there are others that came out of that era but mickey james to me right now thinking about this is the only wrestler to come out and we uh, of that you know attitude tna era and go she had talent and she is, is successful yes I, and the, I, I go ahead continue because yeah. i, I want to mention this other woman too hang on go yeah. ahead keep going please and, go and, and, and lundra blaze is the other one but for for women's wrestling overall none of them really had that kind of talent nor did they need it or were they booked to have talent but but mickey james to be where she is now today and to be remembered as a great wrestler but coming out of that era of bra and panties matches she doesn't get the credit she deserves right and it's 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 like if you think about the 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 the, the women that they're bringing into impact now jody threat Oh yes, dude, unfucking real. Like, great charisma, great fucking ring presence, super cool physicality, great storytelling, like psychology. These things that are just like what I want in wrestling. I don't care if you're male or female. I I really honestly don't. If you can hook me, you can hook me. There's more, you know. But you have to be good at your job, you know? 
All right, Let, let's get to the, some more before we wrap this up. This comes from Please Tony Khan, stop making major announcements. He wants to say, <laughs> kind of like, like the headline says, Tony Khan, stop making major announcements. It doesn't feel important anymore. And every week we don't need a major announcement. Please stop. Well, I agree. <laughs> um, I feel like that's, it's like, it looks pretty desperate to get your ratings up. I think that at the end of the day, that's probably what they're trying to do. Maybe. I, I couldn't tell you, I, you know, uh, I, I kind of thought about this and I think it's almost like, uh, and I, I know you're not a huge gamer, but like when you play Madden or NHL or baseball on the franchise mode, and you kind of find yourself always trading for the same people, when you own a company, you kind of find yourself either booking the same way or doing the same stuff over and over again, thinking it's working, but you're, you can't get out of your own way to change things up and be different. And that's what I feel like that's going on there. A, a huge announcement that should, could be made is we're going to have a booking staff that has nothing to do with the wrestlers there. Yeah. Maybe we'll take some, you know, guys who know something about it and, and listen maybe, to them and maybe you'll get producers who you know that the actual wrestlers listen to you know because i know that there's a lot of that as well um that wrestlers just don't listen to the producers because they think they know better mm -hmm. so it's i mean that's a complaint too right so it's like i think that your big announcement maybe come maybe don't how about big sometimes the more powerful thing to do is not say anything just do it sometimes the most powerful thing to do is not let anybody know what you're thinking the worst thing that has ever been done is a fucking reality tv show oh, about God. your wrestling company yeah no oh so bad all right, Alexander, my buddy and I got in an argument over the weekend about who the greatest manager was. I keep trying to tell him it's Paul Heyman. He keeps saying it's Bobby the Brain Heaton. Who Whoa. do you guys think it is? Whoa. I mean, two totally different eras. You know, yes, there was crossover, of course. Uh, totally great managers. Paul Heyman is the legit best wrestling manager right now, for sure. Bobby the Brain Heenan, Heenan though, like he was so multifaceted. I, I don't even actually re really remember him much as a manager as more as I remember him as a commentator, you know, but he was just as great of a manager as he was a commentator. Yeah. So, and, and Paul E is like just as good. I mean, it's hard. That's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm old. I may just say Bobby just cause that's what I grew up watching, but you know, Heyman, I, I don't think there's – Heyman just revolutionized that position with with being the advocate and Brock Lesnar. I mean, maybe pound for pound, you just may have to say Heyman just because how he just changed the game up. You might have to, but I feel like, you know, it's kind of like Motorhead, right? So if there wasn't Motorhead, you wouldn't have modern-day hard music as we know it never would have happened it might have happened but it needed the motorhead I wrestling needed bobby the brain because and i'm i'm sure paul Heyman would say 
if Bobby the if there was no road paved, then I wouldn't have been able to, you know, put different off ramps or mm -hmm. different, you know, connect different things. So Paul Heyman definitely took it up a level, but on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling managers, Bobby the Brain and Paul Heyman would have a place. Uh, Mando the Stallion, Lars, what wrestler was a fan of yours that you were shocked of? Oh, um, um, Timon Honda. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty trippy one, you know, because I was a fan of Timon, you know, because I was a Noah. I loved, G, you know, the, uh, the Noah. And the, um, ah, man, it's just like pro wrestling Noah was like, I, you know, that was my favorite promotion for years, you know, able to go to Kirikin and, and watch them in different places in Japan. And when I met Timon and he told me how big of a fan he was, I freaked out because, you know, he's, that's Timon Honda. And he was one of my favorites. He was so fucking gritty, you know? Nice. Uh, Pacey, when you go to a wrestling show, what is the food you eat there? water <laughs> boy you know what i'm a classic hot dog guy i love a good stadium hot dog so you know even at wrestling shows they normally have the same hot dogs they have at a ball game i'll i'll, I'll get me one of them. maybe i'll get some chili on it or whatever but a good ballpark hot dog at a wrestling event yeah i never i try not to ever eat at games at, or or pro wrestling matches if they have a taco truck outside, yeah, I'm game. But I ain't going to pay $28 for some chicken strips. This comes from Jake E. Very wordy. So listen, I tried to say okay. this. There's like two or three others before we wrap this up. Uh, I think it's about time Impact takes advantage of the intellectual properties and in its way, stop anyone from performing as the intellectual properties outside of Impact. Impact needs to run a storyline where JTP is brought back as well as asking very nicely for Kazarian, Andrew Revit, uh, Caleb Conley as well, few under indie names, reprise their roles as suicide, make a, uh, let's see here, a variation of like a Malachi and a suicide. Uh, wow, this is crazy. And uh, have the two sides fight over each other. Uh, Impact needs to bring back the dark realm, Make that its own intellectual property. Take advantage of Easter eggs. Use those as incredible tools. And Impact needs to button down and make themselves a legitimate company now. Well, that's not really a question. That's a statement. You know, it's very wordy. I just took out two and a half paragraphs, by the way, of what he wrote. So yeah, I. You know what? Uh, moving on. Yeah, I'm okay. I'll say this. The smartest thing Impact did, and it was probably their hardest lesson, was letting the Hardys have that intellectual property of, of, of what they were doing so they could start doing it in WWE. And I think when they realized that, they let go of that fight because they were fighting, if you remember, over the Hardys and the Hardy realm and that whole compound fight, uh, broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Uh, yeah. I think that when they when they got their heads out of their asses and they started letting wrestlers own their own thing, that's what took that company up a notch where people said, I can create something, make something, and take it with me. And it became a destination 
then, you know, oh, so this is just another company locking us out of whatever we come up with and keeping it for themselves. Yeah, I'm all about, because, I mean, the thing about the characters, if I'm going to emotionally, you know, I used to hate it when I would see a, a, a wrestler come in and completely change, you know, their whole thing that I fell in love with, you know? Now, like, sometimes it's just good to let them progress as that name. You know, I mean, it, you know, we had the Dingle Warrior, right? Right. And then we had the Ultimate Warrior. Right. So that's something that was, like, so close that, like, you could still attach, right? The word, the keyword being warrior. That's something that I like. I love. I I I could handle that. Those little minute changes, but when you change a guy so much just because he can't keep his the name that got him there, uh, I think that that's that that sucks. So I feel like TNA Impact, you know, whatever, giving them that creative freedom to do that, build themselves, and then maybe take it other places. I think that's a good faith act. Honestly. Mm -hmm. And that's that's actually truly how you nurture talent and create great wrestling. And I think that that just shows you a little something about the company that they're there for the wrestling, not necessarily to own your own you. I totally agree. And this last one before we wrap it up comes from Dennis Farrell. Uh, okay. Oh, says Dennis uh, Lars. Dennis, you are my second favorite person on the podcast. Fucking go figure. Um. I recently was at the AEW show, and yes. I, and I thought, and this is my pet peeve, and God damn it, AEW, you need to fix it. Your pre-show stuff is the worst. Like they they hardly showed anything on the jumbotron. Its fans were coming in. I mean, that's lost advertising right there. They had like one dark match right before the show started, and just nothing the whole time. You know, when you go to a WWE show, there's stuff popping up on the Jumbotron advertising a next show. You know, you know, when you go to a WWE show, the next time that show is in town. I We had Tony Khan come out twice and be like, Detroit, I hear you. We'll be back soon. Like, give me a fucking date so I can get tickets. There was nothing showing the next show, setting stuff up for what's upcoming. Like if if I was a first time fan to AEW and I sat down, I had no clue what was going on. There was no pre-rolls of anything like Impact. Uh, Impact, you go to an Impact show, they're showing shit out on the Jumbotron constantly getting you caught up if you missed anything. They're selling you tickets, they're selling you t-shirts nothing from AEW. It was almost like they went, oh shit, we got a show tonight. Quick, put the ring up and let's go. Yeah. Fucking fix it, AEW. That's my bitch about AEW. Like, the the show was fine. It's a wrestling show. Tell That's fine. You can't do much about that. But the pre-show stuff... Keep me entertained. Like there was, there was nothing to keep your butt in the seat to sell you anything. I yeah. Know. So that's that's the last email of the show. Uh, me bitching okay. about that. But outside of that, guys, what a great show! 
Uh, Lars, me, we appreciate everybody who emails in wrestlingperspective at gmail.com. We absolutely love hearing from you. The email segments, we talk about it all the time is our favorite. We we love just talking wrestling. And sometimes, oh, that's nice. Is that the new one that just came out? No, that's old. Okay. Because they look, just look came out one. with the Look at this custom. Oh. That's a you, custom yes, Roddy Piper. You were Pepper. talking about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Oh, check this out. Check this out. This is one of my pride and joys right here. Oh, my gosh. Where'd you get that? From Masawa. Oh, fucking awesome. Yeah. So, listen, uh, everybody, always email in. We promise one way or another we'll get to them. Even if we don't book a guest and we just want to sit down and talk shit with you guys, this is how we're going to do it. So keep the emails coming. We totally appreciate it. And... uh God, this is my wrestling area here. That's fucking awesome. How about this book? You ever seen this book? Where is it? One of the best wrestling books ever. Ooh, I've I I have seen it. I haven't read it, but I've seen it. What what book are you reading right now? I'm reading. I'm actually reading. You know, remember when I told uh, when we had Medusa on? Yes. I pre-ordered the book. It's it's great. Um, I'm about to get into to, to Steve Kern's book. I'm also reading Madman Pondo's book, and I'm also reading Ronnie James Dio's book. Oh. So those are the those are the four books that I'm I'm reading. I always go about four, and then hold on. I always have one of these to kill the time too. Obviously, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I've been a fan of Pro Wrestling Illustrated for a very very long time, and I read the magazine. I have a subscription. Because I love that shit, man. I love everything pro wrestling. It keeps me interested. Keeps me, you know. Well, I wear pro wrestling t-shirts. My buddy Brody King, right there. You know, I I gotta get Brody play some Call of Duty with me. I keep texting him. He's always busy. Yeah, well, he's a busy guy. Yeah, wrestling and band. Screw him. He needs to make time for losers like sure. me. Yeah. I want to get I want to get Colin Young, who does this podcast called Hard Lore. Who's also a pro wrestling fan? He's in a he was he, he's in a band. He's in a lot of bands. It's great, but I want to get him on the show. But anyways, let's, shoot, let's do it. It's our show. We book whoever fuck we want. That's right. Thanks That's a right. lot, Dennis. Great show today, buddy. All right, everybody, have a good night. Thank you. Subscribe, rate, all that bullshit. Have a good night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.